Welcome to Quest, a journey to wellness. My name is V, aka Vanessa. I'm a two-spirit human, joy influencer, energy worker, and dad joe connoisseur. All pronouns accepted. And my name is Alina. I use she, her pronouns. I am a cat lady, queer, your empirical evidence bay, and I like to keep it funky, 420, and am often guilty of romanticizing. Come on a quest to find out what wellness really means. You'll hear stories from queer folks and allies who've successfully taken their happiness and well-being into their own hands by examining what they have found helpful along the way. If you're curious about wellness, this is our open platform for queer stories, interesting science, and other folks' alternative wellness practices. We hope this podcast brings you joy where you'll learn, laugh, heal, and grow. Welcome, queer kittens, new and old, and special welcome to those of you that are just finding out about Quest. Welcome, welcome. We have a very important but also very serious episode up ahead of us and i want to give a trigger warning to all of y'all out there because we love you so much this episode talks a lot about suicidal ideation and suicide in general but chiefly prevention and uh, we know the holiday seasons are real tough uh and this is you know we're in the throes of that as we record V actually brought to us a really awesome quote that just really encapsulates this episode. I listen to a lot of Hawaiian music, and this song comes from a Hawaiian group. Their song is called Around and Around, and their name is Kolohe Kai. And they said, sometimes life's a masterpiece you paint in the dark. Thank you for sharing that quote with us. It really hits. It pulled me out of a really dark time. So I was like, you know, maybe it might help somebody else. Yeah, music's a a beautiful thing. We're going to get into all the ways that all of our practices. But yeah, music also top one up there for me, too. I know we both would cope with music together (laughs) growing up as well. So has a very special place. Definitely, especially (laughs) for us laying there crying, singing Aaliyah on the bed. (laughs) Going through whatever we were going sometimes through. Sometimes crying, sometimes jumping. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever the mood needed to be. Definitely. <laughs> There's music for all of it. A hundred percent. We were just uh, rocking out to mix Mr. Pickles, which is a TV show, a cartoon at that. But hey, yeah. music is music. We were just like embracing our shadows through music, whichever way it was. Your shadow, my shadow, whether they were the same or different. We were like, yeah, you know what? We're going through some shit, but we're going to vibe through it together and feel less <laughs> alone. It's incredible that we were able to like conceptualize and kind of figure out that coping mechanism even as children. That's just so cool. It speaks to the human spirit. I love <laughs> it. This whole episode is sort of examining this idea of embracing your shadow. Yeah, we have some really awesome, cool people We always have awesome, cool people, but we continue (laughs) to have really awesome, cool people to chat through this with. We welcome Corey Houston from the lovely and totally beloved in in this household, and I'm sure in yours as well, the Kanoko Chocolates. We'll also be getting into some just 
stats and what we do know about just suicide around the country? Yeah, I guess before we'd hear from our lovely, beautiful folks. V, is there anything that sort of sticks out to you or that you you want to share with the queer kittens? I am the vulnerable one of us, too. I'll just (laughs) dive right into it and trigger warning, this podcast would not be here today if my attempt was successful. I think through my darkness, this podcast is coming to life, is what I like to say, because in my youth, my coming out, as you know, wasn't exactly the best. So before I get into my story, I just want you to know, like, we're not just here comparing war stories and things like that. Like, we're going to actually have resources for y'all and ways that will help you feel less alone and also how to climb out of wherever you're at or just be accepting of where you're at. Whatever it is that you need, like, we're going to do our best to provide some resources and some stories that make you feel less alone. Yeah, this isn't a trauma porn thing. There's enough of that in in the world. We're definitely trying to bring the hope. That's the really important part. Yeah, exactly. And my dear cousin here, Lena, if y'all didn't know, we are cousins, has sure seen me go through some really dark times and pull some hope out of some places that I have no idea how I found it there. (laughs) But I did. And we're here today sharing this with y'all. For me, coming out wasn't supportive, wasn't a supportive space. I grew up really, we grew up really religious. Through religion, our family didn't understand what was going on with me or how I could be gay. You know, they're just like, oh, we did something wrong. God is punishing us, blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole shenanigans. But in that of them trying to deal with putting guilt on themselves, I don't think that they knew to look at what I was going through and instead were just like piling more guilt and shame on top of my situation because they were trying to deal with theirs, which all parents are not perfect. We get it. But in that, I was just growing more and more and more self-hate and just like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? There's something wrong and eventually moved away for college and still I embraced it. I was like, cool, you know, I have gay teachers. I have this, you know, gay professors in this university, like gay adults. They're real. I can exist. (laughs) And came back, all my hair was cut off and dressed in the way I comfortably do now. And it was a lot more pushback and... It was the moment of, if you're going to continue bringing this into the house, you can find somewhere else to live. And that was the moment where I was like, wow, so I have to choose my family or I have to choose embracing my whole self. At that moment, I was like, I would rather be homeless than go back in the closet because I think those were the most harmful times in my life was in the closet and trying to be more like my sister or trying to be more like someone else other than myself. Long story short, it got to such a dark point where I did try to take my own life. In that moment, it was terrifying. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm living for other people. 
and what they want and what's going to make them happy instead of living for me, following my joy and living for other people are bringing me to this dark place. I need to cut that out. I need to stop. The moment I decided to live for myself, holy moly, my world changed. I don't go back to that, but I'm thankful that I went through that. I am so thankful. Like, people will be like, what do you mean you're thankful for that? That's crazy. And I'm just like, honestly, I wouldn't be who I am today and embracing all that I am today if I didn't go through that. I think that I would still be trying to finagle my way to make other people's lives better by changing who I am to fit other people's molds. I love musical quotes, and the first tattoo I got was Emancipate Yourself from Mental Slavery by Bob Marley. Hell yeah. That's what it came (laughs) down to, you know? I was trying to do what Mm. everybody else wanted. You saw my experience. It's wild because seeing from the outside is one thing and then being keyed in on it after the fact. It's so incredibly remarkable, especially if you see how you are with your family, with our family today. I would say you're definitely much warmer with them than I even am. (laughs) And that's after everything, right? And that speaks to the depth of love that's available in people and in individuals so much that I think folks could really, I'd imagine even just purely looking at the data (laughs) could relate to. I think something that is really important to know, you're really like spot on with it, was that these were expectations and guilt that someone else was feeling for themselves. And that ended up being projected onto you that is just such a powerful thing to realize. It's like kind of a big first step into living for yourself is I'm not responsible for their feelings and their guilt. Like I can't, there's no, that's out of my control. Yeah, that's just like so freaking powerful and amazing that that's something you're we're keen to note that early in life. And yeah, just how powerful it is to live for yourself and, and making that decision It's so funny that Bob Marley quote is like, it rocked my shit when I was like a child who found my dad's Bob Marley CD and was like putting my toys away and those first chords of redemption song come on and my butt is crisscross applesauce (laughs) on the floor in front of the boombox. What is this that I'm hearing? And yeah, you hear things as a kid and they sound beautiful and then life happens and it makes for real sense (laughs) there's so much to really dive into and i'd have to thank my folks for bringing bob marley into my life but also the warmth that you said that i have for my family now like i don't want to say that i didn't love them through that dark time and through all of that yeah it was hard for me physically show that love during that time but because i showed myself more love and i went from this angry just unseen, felt like unwanted, like there was something wrong with me, little Mm -hmm. angst, young human to now an adult fully living life for myself and just happy and just in so much abundance and life and just doing the damn thing that my stepmom paid a lot more attention to that and was like, what are you doing? Mm. And 
there was a moment for her where she watched a, I think it was a red table talk with Gloria Stefan and her daughter. Basically, they talked about mm. the coming out point. And in that moment, like, she got to hear Gloria Stefan's point as a mother. But she also got to hear the daughter and how her emotions were and how mm. so rejected she felt. And I still remember to this day when my stepmom called me and told me she watched this and was like, I'm so sorry. And hearing her say, I'm so sorry, God, it healed so much for me and released me so much mm. more. Like, not everyone is going to get that I'm sorry, but realizing the importance of me giving forgiveness, regardless if I ever got that I'm sorry or not, giving that forgiveness released me so much more to be even happier, to be even more within myself, to accept myself. A lot of people, they're just like, you can't forgive those who've hurt you or don't forget. But I feel like that it stops us, that holds us and exactly where we're mm. at and doesn't let us move forward. I've heard sayings to the effect that like revenge or grudges are drinking poison and expecting the other person to get <laughs> yeah. sick. It really feels like that. You just you're sitting with the like pent up pissed off and I'm like, I could be such a petty queen. <laughs> so like I I know this <laughs> trap I'm very familiar with. It sucks. And I think to be able to if it's a red table talk, I imagine it's semi-recent. It's so incredible that you've been able to like give this grace and this love even before getting that I'm sorry and like and just it being all the more meaningful when it does like when she it finally light bulb click, it realizes what that experience had to have been like to see y'all today. And mind you, your stepmom is very like love Jesus, like very about that to the T, like mom, suburban mom type of jam to see how fucking far she's come and how, yeah, you've had grace for her and for everyone, for me, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone was, spoiler alert, everyone was a fucking dick. Like <laughs> I was a total asshole. Lots of people were a total asshole to you. And I'm just forever moved by, yeah, what has transpired, what is real life. It's truly just beautiful and amazing. All the family has done their part, is doing their part. My folks stopped going to the church because it was all during around the same time mm -hmm. of Prop 8. And they're all, oh, you know, we need to save all these sinners from burning in hell. And they were like, that's not V, like... She's not this bad human mm -hmm. that's just going to go burn in a hell. Like, they're just like, this is ridiculous. And they haven't gone back to the church since. That is so awesome. Shit changes, guys. <laughs> Kittens, it's possible. It could feel so impossible in the moment. It could feel like, oh, my God, shit is never going to change. It's always going to be this way. Things change. Things evolve beyond what you could ever yeah. imagine. Life is the strangest. So don't ever forget that always keep in mind whatever you're feeling 
this too shall pass. It may not feel like it, but it will. Definitely. And they all have their own timeline because I came out in the seventh grade and Mm. it wasn't until I was like 25 or 26 that they started coming around. And then closer to my 30s when I started getting Mm -hmm. the apologies. Everything has its own Mm -hmm. timeline. Patience is truly a virtue (laughs) in this one. (laughs) But in that time, there's plenty of fam out there wanting to hold your hand and hold you in complete embrace and be there for you because that's what kept me standing. That's so important to note, too, is just like the feelings can feel like they're forever, the aloneness can feel truly isolating and, and like it is like you are truly alone, but that is manufactured. There are people out there that want to spend time with you. It's okay to seek that out (laughs) and to be where you're wanted. Like that is a totally like normal and good thing. Yeah, that's such a good point. For this episode, of course, we looked into kind of what the state of affairs are like from like a broad strokes kind of like panned out perspective. It's more normal to talk about mental health these days, and that's awesome. I see the conversation of suicide specifically changing as well. Even how we talk about it, which we got into in the last episode for re-indigenizing your life. Yeah, even just saying completed, when I reference folks or folks that I know who are no longer with us because of suicide, I sort of use the terminology completed because commit is like something you use for like a crime. It's not that. How we approach criminality as a whole is something I'm very not cool with, but especially as it relates to people's suffering, it's a a step in the right direction (laughs) to think about how we talk about it. It makes it hard to talk about when it is thought about in this sort of criminalizing mindset. I think it's quite clear to our audience at this point that we're speaking from experience. <laughs> it's, we're not like simply just looking at data and cold hard numbers. Like all of us have been very intimately close to this problem in our society where hope is so far gone, either on an individual level, or we see it, ideation is something so many folks have had to encounter or have had encountered in their life, right? And the more we sort of normalize that conversation, the smaller the boogeyman can get. (laughs) To that end, yeah, some broad strokes. I was looking at a survey that was done in 2020 by the CDC looking at purely like age range. The suicide rates for older folks is much higher. It's worth noting it, and we get into this a little deeper in the episode, that it's not just a, oh, that youth and their hormones <laughs> getting all crazy. You know, like it's it's not simply that. Life is fucking hard and brutal and (laughs) can really get you down sometimes. And so I think taking off some of those age stereotypes is worth doing and realize that, hey, everybody could get down like that sometimes and really need somebody to 
remind them, hey, I love you. I want you here. If this thing wasn't a problem anymore, wouldn't you just absolutely enjoy life <laughs> and, and enjoy all the things you normally do? And another thing I, that really stuck out to me that was very well put, it's actually a quote from the Trevor Project, which focuses specifically on suicide prevention for LGBT youth. Their quote is, LGBTQ youth are not inherently prone to suicide risk because of their queerness, essentially, or their gender identity. Rather, it's placed at higher risk because of how they are mistreated and stigmatized in society. The circumstances the person is in plays a humongous role on suicide prevention and completion, right? Another quote from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention that was pulled from a national survey is that one in three LGBT youth reported that they had been physically threatened or harmed in their lifetime due to their identity. This is the mistreatment we're talking about. 10% of LGBTQ youth reported undergoing dangerous and discredited, this not science at all, conversion therapy, right? We know that's bullshit and just hurts people's brains. They reported more than twice the rate of attempting suicide in, in the past year of the study in 2020. Alarmingly, 29% of respondents of the survey had experienced homelessness or they'd been kicked out or they had to run away. So again, when your baseline needs aren't being met, a lot of chaos will ensue. That is just the facts of life. <laughs> we all have needs. We got to know what they are. And when they're not met, that's where we open ourselves up to reactivity. And we got to know how to communicate them. Absolutely. I know you are an expert at really dissecting that where, you know, something goes from having happened to a reaction to not communicating it right or you are communicating it right. The data really supports everything you just walked us through. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm an expert, <laughs> but I literally, <laughs> right? I'm literally currently in the process of working with, I have like a group of people that we all talk about, like what's going on for us, whether it's spiritually, whether it's emotionally, like with therapists and things. And what has been coming up is being able to communicate our needs, being able to communicate our wants. But before that is understanding what we want, is understanding what we need, because it's either we're all here trying to do for everyone else. We're always like, okay, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? We're in service. A lot of us are constantly in service. When that goes away, you were just like, okay, I remember the first time someone asked me, what do you want? What do you need? I was like, I was like, I have no idea of what you're speaking another language to me. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I'm allowed to want I was things? Like, Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I want this for this group of people. We're all as a group working through what one of our producers beautifully put is radical self-acceptance puts you in the point of knowing what you want knowing what you need, and knowing how to communicate that in a healthy way that is not going to deteriorate or affect something in a negative way. Like, yeah, sure, people are going to not know how to accept 
when someone's putting a boundary down, because not a lot of people are good at boundaries, giving and receiving boundaries. So communication is a tricky game, and that, which is another book that Leah gave me, our other producer, Nonviolent Communication, because a lot of times we don't know how to express exactly what it is we want or we need, and we come off a little aggressive, and then the other person doesn't receive it very well. It's really tricky. Mm. It's really tricky. But I feel like when you move with love, like Vic said in our last episode, when you move with love, it's going to be mm. received a lot differently. It's a lot easier to do when you're in that headspace. Even just taking a pause does so much, right? Taking a moment to really think about what those wants and needs are, like, goes such a long way. Yeah, instead of exploding on somebody because you don't really exactly know what it is you need. You're not getting those needs met, so you're just, like, exploding in reaction. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Fuck, it happens. It happens to me all the time. I, yeah. And sometimes it's a survival mechanism, and I think an important, another saying I've seen somewhere I, around, I'm sure, many of the kittens that are listening now have seen it too, is that the things you, you did to survive then may not be helping you now. Think about that. You don't have to like be relying on the same old coping mechanisms and tactics if they're no longer serving you. Yeah, the violent communication is quite interesting. I think also I know growing up, a lot of things are communicated through sheer force. <laughs> Me being the just waspy little baby brat I am just folds under that kind of brute force. The so. daughter of your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I born diplomat. I've seen, you know, even just in differences of my half siblings who were who grew up in a completely different environment. I had this expectation of I'm the older sibling, therefore you listen to me. I remember getting so frustrated with like my kid brother who was maybe like 11 or 12 at the time, so peak annoying age for little boys <laughs> and he did something and I just remember raising my hand into a fist and my arm was like extended back and then pausing and looking at it and being like, why is that how I ran? Why is that the first place I went? What the fuck is going on in here? Why am I violent? I didn't even realize I was mm -hmm. like this, but like at some point it distills into you, you know, so being able to communicate actually is huge. It's important work. It's scary and you know puts you in a place of vulnerability because you have to say the truth and what you want it's super worth doing though it definitely is <laughs> otherwise you end up having to stop yourself from punching your little brother oh and god. you don't want to be there <laughs> oh my gosh i will not talk on my experience with my little brothers because i acted like a total big brother to them <laughs> <laughs> it just it's second nature i you know what again the tactics we did then, we don't need to do now. Definitely, because <laughs> people are not growing up in a lot of environments similar to what we did because of social media, because of all this stuff is really putting an end to it because it's shining lights on places and things that once before was done in the shadows, which is good and bad.
Next, we're going to have Corey Houston, who goes by he, him, they, them pronouns, is an amazing human being and another person that I love dearly that I met in the nightlife, which ended up being kind of funny because from day one, I, I saw them and was like, oh my gosh, look at this human just living their truest life and just shining so bright. I want to be like this human. Till today, fast forward many years later, I'm still looking at him in the same light of, oh my gosh, this human is amazing. I'd love to be more like them. Yeah, that was uh, really reaffirming. That was like, that was the peak of my, I fucking made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like for me, for my journey to feeling like me, that was part of my Holy fucking shit! I could, I feel free and liberated. Yeah, and and I can sense that. Honestly, I was like, "Oh man, like I want some of that." Well, it wasn't always like this. Let me take you back. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't always. It didn't always feel good to be in this body or to like experience things. And I think a lot of what you were saying earlier is is very much like. Also, I can relate to a lot of that. I can relate to like. The mindset of not being understood or seen or validated or and then feeling a lot of anguish from that feeling a lot of self-rejection for not seeing self projected in society whenever i think about my journey i think a lot about like roots and i think a lot about how i've developed a healthier mindset from where i was as a child and as a kid and like I think I came into this today wanting to I was trying to understand a little bit more about what my message is for this and like I wanted to like think about what my goal was in this and it's really to just share ways that I've helped have a healthier mindset that really allows me to fully accept myself and what fully accepting myself looks like is a lot of different things. Like, I may not be the best reader at things. I may not be the fastest at this. Or I can't really cook worth a shit. But those are all things that I accept. But not, I don't limit myself to not doing them ever because I'm not the best. And that's a, a thing that I didn't really fully understand as a kid. Like, I thought that you had to be this way, the best, seen here. I didn't have like this other understanding of ah, we're not all the best. I, I was very hard on myself and I, I still am very hard on myself. Like I, I'm the hardest person on myself and I have to remember to give myself that grace and gratitude of like, you're only human. You can only do what you can do and you can always try and continue to do the level in which you're doing that at. And it's okay if it's not to the standard of everybody else like one of my favorite sayings is comparison is a thief of all joy mm. and then like anytime i i am in a position of like being really hard on myself i'm like am i comparing myself to society's understanding of what i should be or am i comparing myself to another person and where they are am i comparing myself to these idealisms that i've set before me and like how can i move through this without stealing who i am that's so, oh man, what a 
major light bulb, the whole like accomplishment mindset and like how early that shit starts, right? And like what a slippery slope it becomes when you don't fit the mold or you don't do things a certain way or, you know, you're just violently opposed to like what the circumstances are, you know? I, yeah, it, it, it makes so much sense why so many folks feel the way they do. We're instilled with this idea that you have to be the number one, number one, you know, like you have to find your niche and get into it. And gosh, it could be so like poisonous for folks. I And defeating. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then you start getting into like a defeatist mindset where it's like, I'm not meant for these. I was definitely dwelling. Mm. I still get into my little emo girl uh self-talk sometimes and it's like no 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 like that's not yeah. <laughs> what this that was is like all the angsty years <laughs> this isn't reality yeah, it's just all i'm defeated at every turn I'm, I'm i'm defeated i'm defeated like going into that i think my identity is trans i've always known since i was five i'm like i'm not i'm not a girl i'm a boy like why doesn't anybody see this why why are they trying to do this to me like i'm not wearing a dress like that's crazy my cousin doesn't i, I literally would be like yo Jeffrey's not wearing a fucking dress. Why do I have to wear a fucking dress? I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, uh, you're different. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it almost was invalidating. And I think I struggle with the invalidation of that still to this day, like through imposter syndrome. To be young and to be invalidated at such a young age for something so like major. Like the first things that we notice about a person is typically their gender, right? You look at someone and you go through like gender, race, height, age, blah, blah, blah. That's our mind. Our mind is like, who is in front of us? And we put these things together. So this very like binary now that we, I have the words to understand what was going on. But back in the day, it was like, oh, like why, why doesn't anybody see me? Why I look in the mirror and I see me and I remember like looking in the mirror. I was like, man, I can't wait for my beard to come in. It's gonna be sook. And then like growing up and realizing, oh, that, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. I remember like 13, I would like shave and be like, no, it's gonna happen. It's gonna mm-hmm. happen. And here it is. I fucking have it. I fucking knew it. Hell yeah. Knew it. <laughs> um, You're right. <laughs> Damn good on you too. Ah, thank you. I'm a little choppy. <laughs> so yeah. It takes a lot of strength to go outside of societal norms. And it takes a lot of strength to persevere in conservative areas and continue with family that maybe doesn't support you. It, it's a lot of strength and it's a lot of courage to get there. And, and once we get there, it's like, how do we shed that armor as well? And how do we allow ourself to like melt into this new person one of the things that i learned how to do to like create a healthier mindset was visualizing who i wanted to be and like how i wanted to actually react to situations as opposed to like reacting but it was like how do i want to react to this and put forth thought into who that person is in order for me to change my reactions is I had to see how and like visualize how I wanted to move through those situations. And as a kid, I didn't really understand my emotions as as well as I do now. And, and I'm not even like an expert at emotions or talking to things, but like 
I'm getting used to feeling those like sensations in my body where it's like, oh, that doesn't feel good. What does that mean? So it's like tracing it back to the root cause of everything. And as a kid, I, I think realizing and like going back and reflecting, I didn't have the verbiage or the understanding of what it is to be trans or what it is to be in that, in that body, in that situation. So a lot of it came out in anger. A lot of it came out in like suicidal ideations. And a lot of it came out in like physically harming myself. I didn't want to die all the time. I think there are moments where I was like, yes, this is going to be better than having to fit into a society that doesn't accept me or acknowledge me. I needed help. I needed someone to see me. I needed someone to hold me. I needed someone to love me and take care of me. And it wasn't because I was weak. It's because I was a kid. I was, you know, a teenager. And that's, that's what we need. I grew up in a harder environment. Like it was, I didn't have a lot of people around me. So reaching out to people was already like slim pickings. There wasn't too many people that I could reach out to and be like, hey, I, I need someone. So it was always a pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Kind uh -huh. of thing. So it was always like, how can I do this for myself? How can I self-soothe? How can I like, okay, fuck, here we go again. Here we go again. Here. Okay, it's only me. It's only me. It's only me. And that takes a toll. I think it takes a toll on, on actually being you. You can't hold yourself and pull yourself and do all these things because we live in a reality where I'm me because you're you. And if I don't have you around me, then I can't be me. Or if society is only telling me I can fit in this box, but I'm not a, in a box, like, how do I move? Yeah, that's so thoughtful. I, I think, yeah, being able to really get at the root and to look at what you need and what you're feeling without judgment, that's a big step. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of, well, am I allowed to need this? Am I valid in wanting this? Da, 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 yeah. All the other things. And it's like, don't even worry about that yet, right? Like, just look at what the feeling is. What do you think you need? <laughs> and then just start down that road. Yeah. Like attention seeking. That's not, I don't want to say that's a bad thing because it's not, but it is something to explore. As a kid, not all of my suicidal attempts were to die. Like I said, it was attention. I needed something. So like, had I known like, oh shit, you're doing this because you don't have something. What do you not have? What do you need? That for me has been one of the biggest staples is like being really honest with myself about what I need. However it sounds, like if I'm like, I need to make this post because I need attention. Okay, fine. Do that. Make that post. Get your attention. Your dopamines. Everybody wants a little dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin. Like that's <laughs> all great, fun, gravy. But also reflect on it. Take a moment. If you're doing this and it feels good, how can it be sustainable? What can you fix in order to have it continue to work for you? Medicines help with the releases of those things. And, and like, Attention seeking, when you get that gratification, it helps release something to make you feel better. So like, what's making you not feel good? Let's start there. Let's figure that out. Yeah, but, but also having some compassion and acceptance that it takes a village. It's okay to build a tribe and reach out to that tribe. Oh, yeah. 
taken years to actually have like my circle that I'm with now and I can literally tell them anything like the other day I just had like a little tantrum fit I was like I'm pouty I just I want everybody over here with me laughing over here I told them I was like hey I don't want y'all over there like come over here into the kitchen and like hang out with me because I I need this right now I'm, I'm like emotional and they were like okay yeah whatever you want like you're making us lunch like we don't have to be over here we could come over there and sit with you and they're like you're not alone it's okay and i was like good because i feel like a little bitch and they're like you're not a little bitch it's fine you're fine it's just normal you're human i was like yeah thanks guys having that support who like will listen to you and not diminish or invalidate your feelings whatever capacity you have them or like want to show them but like also being honest with yourself yeah i was pouty y'all I could have came over here and been like, hey, can y'all just sit in the kitchen? But no, I came over here and I was passive aggressive as fuck. Like, <laughs> and, like I got it. and I was like, okay, I can't do that. I'm like, I love y'all. Like, hold up, hold up. Let me, let me be honest with myself really fast. I said that I'm hearing it. I'm reflecting on it. It's not exactly the, the move that I want to make, but like, come love me and take care of me over here. And everybody was like, yeah, you got it. And, and you know what? If they weren't able to give it to me, I, I trust 110%. They'd be like, no, I'm going to sit over here. <laughs> and then I'd be like, fine. I love you and I'll be over here and I will do this. Not everybody can be there at your every beck and, and call. And the ones like, and when they are, like, you got to accept it and love it and, and cherish it. The friends, family give it to you from a place of love. It's never like nobody's giving you something from. Let me rephrase this. People shouldn't move with obligation like they should move with this is what i can freely give i think my biggest takeaway from therapy and i've been going to therapy for the last seven years is give what you can give freely because everything has a cost so if i say yes i can give that to you if i give that to you i literally expect zero back because i'm giving it freely if i say no i can't give that to you it's because it costs something to me, whether time, monetary, like some sort of something of my essence that I can't willingly give. And that's okay. Understanding that as a kid is really hard too. Like when you ask for something and you don't get it, oh, it's because you hate me. And it's like, no, it's not. A lot of the adults in my life had their own shit going on. And it's a lot of self-reflection that I had to do growing up. Hindsight. They were all kind of like going through their own shit. As a kid, you don't see the, the inner workings of what that actually, the logistics of what it is to live as an adult. So you always feel like pushed aside and neglected. Nico is a community leader. I feel wholeheartedly uncomfortable to call him a community leader because he is doing the damn thing. He's my, my gay son, took him under my wing back in the day. Full name is Nico Stormit, goes by he and they pronouns. Also is a producer of Rosen Creative House, which we will put all in the show notes. I cannot even explain of how proud I am of this young man. I don't know if there's anyone in the community like Nico or like anyone else that has helped you and shown up for you in your life. I think everybody, everybody that I've met has given me a little piece of themselves that I admire and I carry with me. I think that's like when I see someone 
doing something or reacting in a way or taking care of something in a way or and I admire that like I want to carry that with me so every everybody who's had it's not just one person it really is like everybody that I see whether it's like the work that you put into this thing or the way that you smiled to a random stranger or like there's these little moments that I'm like oh, I like that put that in my pocket oh I like that put that in my pocket uh that's how I want to be that's how I want to move I love this I love that Oh, I mean, Nico, 110% has been a leader for sure. And I, I admire his community work without a doubt. Like everything that Nico does is is for community. That's such a beautiful way to live. <laughs> Just like going through life like, oh, wow, that's a really lovely way to do that. I'm putting that in my pocket. Like, especially when, you know, we're talking about youth or, or when we were young, there's not like a whole bunch of role models that, you know, made sense to us and that we could be like, oh, that's what I want to do. That makes sense. Like, I resonate with, there was n no one, you know, to that hey. effect or, or in that way. And so you do kind of have to piecemeal and like create who that role model or person is. Mm -hmm. But that also brings me back to what you, uh, something else you said about like, you know, sort of in this new space and you've kind of found yourself shedding that armor that's an important step. It's hard. You you, you kind of get used to it, right? Like you just walking around in my armor, <laughs> like <laughs> you just yeah. kind of yeah. And then at some point, you see how it doesn't serve you. I've I've definitely you know come across that so many times where it was like, wow, I was a little bit prickly and spicy and like did not need to be. Like I could have cooled it down a bit and it yeah. would have been all Gucci. Yeah. But no, that, that reminds <laughs> me of a of a quote that not a quote, but of interview that I watched with Will Smith and Trevor Noah, uh, something that Will Smith said it, along the lines of armor, of love is actually your armor. And I was just like, mind blown. So he talks about that love is actually a superpower. When you can fill your heart with that kind of love, it's like a propulsion that is unlike any other thing. It is stronger than fear, stronger than hate, and stronger than tired. When you can really latch into and fill your heart with the love in a way, it is really like a shield and armor unlike anything that exists. So what if you had that armor, but it was coming from a place of love? Yeah. Whoa. Oh. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like anything external still, like, I feel like shedding everything. For me, I don't want to wear anything whenever I come to the table. Like, <laughs> it sounds weird. Just want to be naked. Yeah, I'm a nudist, <laughs> y'all. No, I do like that. I, I do think that, that love is strong. I think love is stronger and more resilient than all of those and all of those combined. I think love for yourself, like self-love really gives you that courage to be you. And loving everybody else gives you this compassion. I've been really hard on myself this past like couple of weeks. And one of the things that I do is like, if that were somebody that I loved, if it were, if it were you, if it were my partner, if it were like my mom or my sister or like my best friends, and they came to me and they were like, yo, I'm like, I just fucking suck at this. I'm not doing enough. I, I like, I'm failing. I'm 
feel like I'm just letting myself down or letting everybody down and everything's going to shit. Like, how would I talk to that person? And it wouldn't be like, yeah, you're really fucking up. It's like, no, I'd be like, hey, like, bro, we're human. You got this. Like, Mm -hmm. you are okay. You are perfect. You are doing enough. And enough is perfect because enough is enough. You don't have to do all these things. You don't have to be all those things. You just do what you need to do. Talk to yourself a little softer. Figure out something that feels good in the morning, a nice morning routine, a nice night routine. Figure something out. Put together a playlist that like makes you feel your feels so that you can just like release some, right? That's how I would talk to somebody that I loved. So like, why am I telling myself this shit? Why am I like, oh, you fucking <laughs> fucked up? You're being a fucking piece of shit. You're like, I, I like mentally have to go in there and just like turn the volume down and be like, I need that reminder sometimes too. Yeah. And so when you actually think about yourself as another person, and if you are capable of having compassion for other people and like love and understanding for other people, which I think most humans are, like, why wouldn't you treat yourself with that same kindness? Why wouldn't you like love and accept yourself the same way you love and accept those that are around you? so good talk nice kittens i was like i needed this recording last week when i was making the videos for the indigenous people's (laughs) day when i was cutting and screwing it all together i was like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm doing my best i can yeah yeah it came out amazing it was great (laughs) thanks guys and in those moments you could be like okay i can self-soothe for this long i can figure myself out and when you come around can we please like this is what i need or I can do this for this, but I, I need something else. Or It's understanding yourself a lot more, and that just takes time, and it takes compassion, a lot of compassion, a lot of reminders that you're human. Yeah. You are just a human in this little ball. Like That is it. Yep. You have one end goal, and it's death. So, like, <laughs> how are you going <laughs> to pave your way there? Right. Like, Try to understand who you are before that happens. Yeah. Fall in love with yourself. Yeah. Stop trying to fall mm. in love with everyone else or ha- have everyone else fall in love with you. Right. Or or make everybody fall in love with something that you're not already. Just love you and you'll become you and everybody will love you. Like the people that you choose to be around are going to love you because you love you and you chose them because they fulfill you and they want to love you. Not that people don't already love you now. I want to make that very clear. People love you right now. Well, I posted something. I was like, the thing that you're seeking is already obsessed with you. (laughs) Oh, wow. The world is (laughs) infinite and it's all over the place and love is all over the place. And there's somebody loving you and you don't even know. Yeah. So, Corey, amazing having you on here. And we love to ask every guest. If you have a word or phrase or mantra that summarizes wellness for you, what would that be? Or what is that? I think something that I I often think of balance, but I think something that that has been speaking to me more is uh, comparison is a thief of all joy. And it's a good reminder to help me bring back like myself to myself. I don't need to be anybody. I don't need to be anything. It's just... I don't need to compare it. I just need to be it. And love it's enough. Comparison is a thief of all joy. Love that. Gay man. I love that. Snapping over here. (laughs) (laughs)
<laughs> yeah, I actually uh, had that on a whiteboard in, I lived in this kind of like dorm room type setting in the bottom of an in-law. And on the whiteboard, it said comparison pulls you away from yourself. Absolutely does. It, co- it kind of circles back into the beginning when you talked about, uh, what was it? Like anger is like drinking poison and expecting it to work on somebody else. When you start comparing, you, you think you're doing something for yourself, but you're really not. It's just, it's like bringing you down. Yeah. And not everything everyone shows on social media is real. Oh, no. We know that's true. <laughs> I made my booty look fatter. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you mean that's my booty? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing to hear from you, Corey. I seriously cannot thank you enough for just sharing your time with us, sharing your story with us, giving us this very just sound advice as far as their space between action reaction. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of you. Yeah, I also wanted to thank Corey too for coming on this side of the mic and stepping away from behind the scenes and having the courage to come on here because I know it's it's a lot it's it's very scary at first and thank you for breaking through that discomfort and bringing us with so much joy and and vulnerability and just knowledge and just so much heart and experience and I had some tears you had some tears you know we we made this so beautiful and we couldn't have done that without you. So special thanks to Mr. Corey Houston. (laughs) (laughs) And in that, I also wanted to share some resources with y'all and really get these out there to just so that we feel a little less alone out there for anyone that is going through any moments that are similar or not to what Corey and I have gone through, but you don't feel like you have a comfort or a safe space or someone that you could call, feel free to call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. 411, you're going to dial 988 and they'll be there, support you and be non-judgmental and they'll hear you out. And they're amazing. So... Don't be afraid to use that resource because they're there for you and they want to be there for you. So let them be there for you. Heck yeah. (laughs) There's also other resources, crisis support, like the Trevor Project. I know you all know how to use the internet. Do the research, look them up, and if not, they'll be at the show notes. The SF LGBT Youth Center They did amazing work for me. You know, I reached out when I was homeless youth and they put me on to the Larkin Street Youth Program, which specializes in homeless youth in SF, which is over a thousand homeless youth in SF. So San Francisco, for those of y'all that don't know what SF is, for those of y'all that don't live in San Francisco, there will be other links as well. So that way you can find anything nearest you or 
just anything that's available online in general. The oh my gosh, thank you so much for dropping in all those resources. And thank you for everything you do every day. You're amazing. See you next week. Love you, queer kitties. Spread the love. And you can find us on Instagram at Quest Wellness Pod. We have so much more to explore and share with you on our podcast. And we hope you follow us in our quest to wellness. Tap that follow or subscribe button to get every episode as soon as it's released. And we'd love to get your feedback also. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a rating and review. It only takes 30 seconds, but this really helps us to know what resonates and how we can help you. All right. Goodbye, she's, he's, they's, gays, and allies. You love that. (laughs) This podcast was produced in collaboration by Kanoko Chocolates and Puka Puka Creative. And executive producers, Stevie Kwa and Corey Houston. Producer, writer, editor, and sound designer, the amazing Leah Jackson. And associate producer, Rafaela Landestoy. Original music was produced by Basque. He is an amazing musician, and he's also our cousin, third amigo. Let's go. Boo, 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 boo. So where can we find you? Oh, well, you can find me on uh, <laughs> Pornhub.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where? Uh, I've got three OnlyFans accounts. Uh, one for Only Toes, one for Only Fiends, and uh, for OnlyFans. <laughs> do you have any websites that you'd like to plug in? I do actually. I've got Kanoko Chocolates, where I make. Chocolates with functional mushrooms in there, cordyceps and lion's mane. Do you have an IG account for uh, Kanoko? Yeah, so you can go to Kanoko Chocolates at IG and a personal account. You can find me at Who Lost Grandpa uh, with underscores or spaces. Kanoko. K I N O K O. Kanoko. What does Kanoko mean? Ding ding, ding ding ding! I know that was so right? spelling bee of you. <laughs> Can I get the saying at the beginning oh, the, and the origin, <laughs> please? Yes, Kanoko is Japanese for mushroom. Okay.